Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. We're glad to have you. We love to welcome our audience at Caravan to Midnight. There are 8 million listeners, radio listeners across the world. Uh, the Conservative Daily Network out of Denver with Joe Altman. And of course, the War Room Posse. We're very excited to have them on board as well in our syndication. So we're brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com. Please sign up for our no-ad subscriptions. Please sign up for our newsletters. At the top right, it says on the Georgia Record, subscribe for no ads. You get access to all of our sites, 12 at cdm.press, without the ads. Global news without the progressive spin. That's what we're building at CDM. So, wow, we have a packed show today. First, we're going to talk finance with David Cross. You all know him. Uh, then uh, Michael Doherty is going to come on. He's been on the show a few times, but it's been a while. And we really want to dig into the, the history of the fight against the administrative state. This is not just three years old. It's a couple decades old. And Mike has been at the tip of the spear and as a winner in this fight. So we're, we're, look, we're looking forward to talking to Mike. And then we're going to have Chris Gleason on because there is so much coming out on election fraud and election integrity. We want to keep you at the tip of the spear. And then uh, uh, my co-host, Bill Quinn, and I are going to have a discussion at the end on really what happened with the fish fry yesterday, which everybody's talking about down in Perry. Before we get started, uh, many of you know I'm an author, but many of you don't. I wrote four novels. Uh, they were highly prescient books. In fact, if you read them, you would learn everything that happened eventually and is happening right now. Uh, the, the novels are going to be re-released with History of Books, our partner, uh, later, actually early next year. And so we're, we're clearing some inventory that we have uh, of the original copies. I have one reader who says, it's my retirement plan to, to collect all of Todd Wood's books. So, um, you know, people don't know about them, but when they do, they, they love them. The first one is called Currency. It's a novel about everything that's happening right now with our financial markets. I've got Sugar which is a novel about energy. Motherland, which is a novel about a virus, believe it or not. And then my favorite is Delta, and it's about change. And I'll let you read the book to figure out what that's about. And it was all very prescient. We've got on ltodwood.com, we have 20% off specials for the entire collection. And if you buy today for the Georgia Record audience, we're going to include the nonfiction I wrote on the Korean War called Lost Bastards. We're actually in talks in, in Hollywood uh, with several studios to make this a movie. Um, this is a fantastic book that I guarantee you've never heard about. It's right up there with Saving Private Ryan. So if you order today on ltidewood.com for the package deal, we'll include The Lost Bastards on there for free. That's ltidewood.com. Go to package deals and get the books. With that, I'm going to bring in my co-host, Bill Quinn. Hey, Bill. Hey, good afternoon, Todd. How are you? I'm great. So uh, we're going to have a, a lively show today. And uh, first, we want to bring in David. Do you have anything first before we get to our guest, Bill? No, let, no let's welcome David in. Okay. Hello, David. Hi, guys. You guys have got a packed show today, man. This, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. So I, I wrote my first book, David, on the currency markets and the reserve currency issue and interest. I was a bond guy. I was a bond trader. I saw it all clear as day what was going to happen at some point, the market would say the U.S. doesn't have the will or the ability to pay off the debt. And then, boom, interest rate spike, you know, and, and damage to the economy, loss of reserve currency status and all the bad stuff that entails. So talk to us what's going on in the, in the bond markets and financial markets now. So bond, bond markets right now in, in the financial markets, it's it's uh, it's really kind of interesting. Bill, if you got my slides, go ahead and and. Uh, and pop on up to, uh, let's see, slide number five, and it just say like where, where things are year to date. Um, there's some really interesting things going on. So just to put things in perspective, my mother-in-law, you know, was talking with me recently and she said, she said, David, it's fantastic. You know, you and Sean bought your house for like $360,000, you know, 20 years ago, and now it's worth a million dollars. And I was like, well, mom, it was worth a million dollars for like maybe 15 minutes two years ago when interest rates were, were down in the 3% level. Now mortgage rates are 7.5%. It's the highest that they've been um, in, in over 20 years. So that that's what's happening with, with, you know, with, with mortgages right now. And I think it's going to really, I think it's going to really put the kibosh on to, to home building. The other thing that's happening too, is that for the longest time, for like 10 years, we were, you were getting paid zero on your bond investments. You got zero on your CDs and things like that. And so now we're seeing money market yields 
And, you know, in high interest, you know, uh, money market yields and CDs are paying five, five and a half. And in some cases, if you're lucky, you can find maybe six percent. So there's really you're beginning to see competition for capital that would have normally gone into stocks or would have normally gone into real estate is now, you know, flowing into cash. And, you know, and, and to, to your point before about being a bond trader, the path that we're on right now is that our government is continuing to print more and more money. And so it's, you know, it, it ends, it ends in disaster, but it might take a while. So we're not exactly behaving like a banana Republic would in this kind of situation because we're, we're so much bigger, you know, but the story is the same. Well, you know, I told people, David, that the, the, the historical 10-year average on the 10-year bond or note is around 5%-ish uh, on average. And we were down less than 1% for a long time. So artificially lowered interest rates. and But that was when we had, you know, $5 trillion, $4 trillion in debt. Now we have going on $40 trillion. So just to, to just if rates get back to historical rates in the 10-year, then you're talking the debt service cost in the trillions of dollars every year. Right. Yes. Yeah. So pe people need to be prepared for the fact that if you have, I, I mean, what I'm telling people is that if, if you have highly appreciated securities um, that you're planning on holding onto, um, you, you need to really consider, you know, harvesting some of those capital gains right now while the, while the, you know, while the tax rates are, are probably the lowest that they're going to be. I mean, I don't know how tax rates don't go up. Um, the tax law is going to revert in two years back to what the previous rates were. And the only exception to that rule in, in my mind is that if, is if, if, if I have somebody who is charitably inclined and they have a highly appreciated stock, that is a fantastic vehicle to be able to give to charity and not have any kind of capital gains issues. So hmm. it's, you know, we're, we're, we're in increasingly complex world, but as far as like where things are and, and what they look like right now, the chart on the screen right now shows the S&P 500. And for those that don't know, the S&P 500 is just the 500 largest companies in America and how they're doing. The green line represents how that index is doing. The red line shows you how the equal weighted index is doing. And the difference is, is that in the S&P 500, companies like Microsoft and Apple and Google and whatnot, they are comprised of a much larger percentage of, of that index. So Apple is like around 7%. Google, I think is, is, you know, roughly around the same thing. And, uh, in Microsoft, I think is like around 6% in an equal weighted index. You basically take all 500 stocks and, you know, divide it by 500. And that tells you how much money is going to each one of those companies. And what, and, and the, the, the whole point of this chart, sorry, my phone is pinging. The, the whole point of this chart is that an equal weight, index tells you basically how is the average stock doing you know in the market and so far this year the, the average stock is up about four percent versus the the much the, the 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 index that is tilted more towards the those bigger companies is up about um it's up about 15 percent, and that percentage is up on the top left hand corner where it says spy percent 15.53 so go to the go to the next slide and go ahead sorry go ahead I was going to say, and people don't realize that the loss of the reserve currency status could impact the markets also, but we'll, we'll talk about that at some point. Yeah, we, we, we'll get to that. This is the NASDAQ. Yeah. So the, the 100 stocks that make up the NASDAQ technology index, it's up 37% so far this year, whereas the equal weighted one is up about 19%. Next slide. And I know what you guys have got some fantastic guests. So I'm going to try to breeze through a bunch of this stuff. This is this just This just shows year to date. How, how is that, you know, so I just showed you how the NASDAQ and the S&P are doing. How are other things doing? So small caps and international stocks are up about 6% so far year to date. And seven to 10 year treasury bonds, which is kind of like the, the average, you know, bond that, you know, that people, the, the, you know, that people pick out is actually down about 2.9%. Uh, and that's just year to date. So take a look how things did last year. That's the next slide. Last year was just an unmitigated disaster. The S&P 500 was down 19%. Small cap stocks, that's what IWM is up there, was down 22%. International stocks down 17 um, And bonds were down uh, 16 you know, roughly 16%. And the NASDAQ was down 33%. So the fact that we're getting a bounce back up this year kind of falls in line with what one of my old mentors told me when I first got in the business. And he said, even if you drop a dead cat from a high enough roof, it will bounce off the pavement. And that's kind of what's happening so far this year. 
Next slide. The old, the old dead cat bounce. <laughs> yeah, but people don't know where it comes from. This is the last 10 years. To, to me, this is really interesting. So in the last 10 years, um, technology stocks, or not even technology stocks, the NASDAQ, um, most people think of it as just technology stocks, but believe it or not, um, Pepsi is, is in that index. Costco is in that, is in that index. So the NASDAQ has got, it tends to, it tends to reset itself more frequently and it tends to have higher growth, younger companies that are, that are in it versus the S and P 500, which you, you rarely see, um, the, you know, the companies being switched in and out of the S and P 500, the NASDAQ, they're, they're, they're swapping them out all the time, but this is like the last 10 years. So large companies have really done fantastic in, in the last 10 years, whereas small caps in the rest of the world have done terrible. And normally over a 10-year time frame, higher risk small cap stocks tend to do better. Um, and the fact that the rest of the world is actually, you know, ha has done so terrible in the last 10 years. And if I showed you a 20-year chart, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be staggered because if you live in Europe and your money's invested in Europe, you've made nothing for 20 years. So... What this points me to is that there might be other opportunities, you know, in, in other parts of the world. Um, younger folks, like a young, the young man that works for me, um, he's 24 years old. And he said, I've just come to the conclusion that, you know, you should only invest in NASDAQ because nothing else works. And I said, based on what? And he said, based on the last two years of me trading. I was like, I've been doing this for 30 years. You've been doing it for two. I know that things are going to be different at some point. So, you know, somebody fun. told me a while back that you need an advisor that's been at least through two bear markets. But. That, that's that's exactly right. And, you know, at least two bear markets. And I, I feel like I've been through three, you know, once in a lifetime, cata, you know, cataclysms and, you know, in the markets. Next slide. So what's working lately? Uh, go ahead and go forward. So the fear and greed index is, is it neutral right now? I, you know, CNN, I, as much as I hate CNN, they've got a really good thing. So if you look up, you know, CNN, fear, space, greed, you'll, you'll, you'll see this thing. It basically tells you what is the temperature of the market right now. So Investors Business Daily says the market is in correction right now. I tend to agree with that. We're, gonna, we're getting a lot of, you know, pops up and down, a lot of volatility lately. On the next slide, um, you'll see what, what the volatility, what the volatility curves look, looks like. And for the uninitiated, um, what we're looking for is a normal curve like this where things slope up over time with, you know, more risk, you know, is reflected with more time. What we don't want to see is, um, is we don't want to see something called backwardation where the, the front end of that curve is like way elevated and the back end of the, you know, the back end of that curve is, is down below on the right hand side. So right now things look fairly normal. We're going through what, what I think is, is a, you know, is a normal correction. Um, could it go, you know, lower two, three, four, five percent? It absolutely could. Um, am I anticipating any kind of big cataclysm anytime soon? You know, I don't know. I don't have a, I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't tell you. I have one question right, right there, if you could. Some folks last year were were predicting a recession, the beginning part or middle part of this year. Do you, do you feel like that's been delayed, or they just guessed wrong to begin with? Um. So there, there's a. Um, all right, let's take a sidebar for a second because this is this is really critical to, to what people need to understand. the The Federal Reserve, which is neither federal nor reserve, um, <laughs> but they control our money and they control interest rates. It is a cabal of banks that have all been put together to you know to control interest rates. One of the things that they've been doing is they've been raising interest rates because they're trying to squelch inflation down. So like, a, you know, two years ago, you know, or a year and a half, two years ago, we saw inflation was running like at, you know, 12, 13, 14%, some, in some cases more in, in some areas. Mm -hmm. And so the Fed has got this old playbook, which would be like you looking like at a 1965, you know, quarterback playbook and going, this is how we're going to run the game. Um, they got an old playbook that says they have to raise interest rates until either A, they see that, um, there's more unemployment that's occurring in blue collar jobs or B they break something, right? Literally they break something. And earlier this year, they broke something. You know, we had, we had three banks that went under um, several others that teetered, you know, on the edge of disaster and the federal reserve came in and said, Oh, hold, hold, hold the phone. We will give unlimited money to anybody, any of the banks that are in trouble. And so the bank crisis that could have, you know, that could have blown up stopped in its tracks. The second thing that's happening that's really critical is that whole notion of raising interest rates to the point until they see blue collar jobs being impacted. 
And I don't think blue collar jobs are going to be impacted even if you raise interest rates to 13%, because for every five plumbers, electricians, um, and uh, like air conditioning tech technologists that are out there, there's only one young kid that's coming in behind them to, to fill, you know, to fill those jobs. So I don't think we're going to see, I don't think we're going to see a big correction that's going to happen there the way that the Fed wants. Let me, let me ask you this, David. So I think my, my thesis is they have destroyed a lot of the American economy, the energy sector, and, and you go down the list. Uh, and, and I think they're just using monetary policy to juice the economy until they don't want to juice it anymore, whether Trump gets in or whatever. And then they'll just let all that overhang collapse. I mean, do you see any any of that going on? Listen, I, I totally agree with that. The, the, you know, the Federal Reserve is run by super wealthy people like Jerome Powell, who made tons of money in, you know, in private equity. And then it's also then they get a lot of input from people like Austin Goolsby, who has never had a job, you know, that wasn't where his income was determined by him. He's never he's never started a company, never managed the company. He's only been in academia, you know, and he is a sycophant, you know, yes, man, that says, whatever you say, Jerome Powell, we're going to do that. So I, there, there is there is eventually going to have overhang, but I think the Fed is probably going to break more things, you know, on this journey. Next slide. Okay. All right. So here, here's what's working. This is like it just in the last four weeks. So I tend to, you know, I tend to think of like what's working lately is like the last four weeks. So last four weeks, what you can see is energy is the only thing that's up. So the, the energy sector, you know, like, you know, Exxon, Chevron, you know, Marathon Oil, you know, companies like that. Generally, the, the energy sector stocks are slightly positive. The things that are doing the worst right now is medical devices, transportation, utilities of all things. And normally, if you're heading into a recession, utilities, you know, generally do pretty well. But in the last couple of weeks, they've just gotten smashed. So there, there's some really odd things that are happening, you know, with the markets right now. Next slide. All right. So. This is one of the conundrums that's happening. You're looking at a chart for Apple, you know, uh, for Apple Incorporated, you know, they make your iPhone and the blue, the blue line that's on there represents the stock price. The green line represents the estimated earnings for, you know, for Apple and what's going on with them. And as you can see, the green line kind of flattened out um, in late 21 and just went sideways. Apple stock came down and then Apple stock started going back up, even though the earnings, you know, were, were flattened out here. And the simple fact that, that, that this is occurring tells me that um, because there's, or, or let me back up, the reason why this is happening is because so many people participating in their 401k plans basically pick the S&P 500. There's money that goes into that, you know, all the time on auto buy. It's happening, you know, every two weeks. And any market participants that are out there that are looking to be able to invest that also want to be able to have liquidity, which liquidity is a fancy name for, can I get my money out really quickly? They know that they can get their money out really quickly because money's coming into Apple, you know, basically every week um, because of people's 401k and their savings. So this is, this I think is something that's interesting that's going on that they're, they're, you know, they're, their revenue has flattened, you know, quite a bit. Their earnings have flattened and yet the stock price, you know, went up until just recently. And I'll show you some different ones. Next slide. We won't go through all of these. This is Microsoft. This, you know, theirs looks kind of similar, but most recently the earnings of expectations have popped up because everybody said, oh my gosh, they invented AI. So of course they're, you know, they're going to do really well. Next slide. This one is hard to see. This is Google. And of course you can see the stair step up on that green on the green line shows, you know, corresponds to the stock price moving up over time there. And of course it also comes down and now it's starting to, to, to bounce back up. Google is heading up also. I think they're going to be a huge, I think they're going to be a, a bigger driver than people anticipate in, in artificial intelligence. And I think that, you know, Microsoft to me has just been terrible at executing everything. I mean, I can't, I mean, it just seems like they buy something and it blows up. Google seems to have a much better, you know, a better track record. Next slide. This one is Meta, formerly known as Facebook. And of course, you can see the, see the correlation that's happening there. Meta stock price is moving up. Next slide. This one is Home Depot. So this one's really telling because of what we were talking about before with mortgage rates getting up to seven and a half percent. That's going to I think it's going to hurt. I think it's going to hurt home building and you can see that in that green line it's starting to, to trail down a little bit 
even though the stock price has kind of come back up a little bit, I, I think that I think you know there's a Home Depot in every corner. Home Depot made tons of money, made it put my put my brother through college um, because there didn't used to be a Home Depot in every corner, and now there is. All right, next one. This one is Nvidia. So the whole world is like, you know, is fixated on NVIDIA right now. And of course, you can see that green line just going straight up and the stock price following it. This is happening because the biggest change that's happening technologically right now is that all the data warehouses that are out there and all the server farms, they're all going to be they're all going to be ripped out. All the processors, all the old Intel processors that are inside, they're going to be ripped out. And they're going to be putting in parallel processors, which is what NVIDIA makes. And some of the some of these chipsets that they make are forty thousand dollars for a chipset. And some of these and some of the companies that are out there, they're buying them are putting in bigger orders than what they really need because it's kind of like it's kind of like trying to get a hot stock in an IPO, Todd. You know where you say, yeah. "I want a hundred thousand shares," and you really only have demand for you know maybe a thousand or, or ten thousand or something like that. And so that. That may lead to some, you know, some to, to some potential volatility in the future as far as Nvidia goes. Skip past the rest of the, the stock charts. Oh, that was the last one. All right. So Bidenomics, is it working? All right. This is one of the big questions. So a lot of folks that are out there, you know, your liberal liberal friends will say, Bidenomics is absolutely working. He's a genius. This is a guy who shuffles through the grass. Um, that can't figure out where the front door is or where the back door is to the, to the Oval Office. So ne next slide shows how what's going on with inflation. And what you're, what you're looking at is a one-year look back. This is a fantastic website. We're not affiliated with it. I don't, you know, we don't get anything from it. It's just a great tool called trueflation.com. And it shows you what the, what the rate of change of inflation is right now versus a year ago. So write this out hot second, it's 2.69. If you go to the next slide, we're going to zoom in and see what it looks like, you know, just like in, you know, in the last, um, in the last 30 days. And what you'll see is that the trend has changed and things are now headed higher. And we're starting to see inflation is also happening with shrinkflation. So I can't drink regular, you know, regular milk. I have to buy the, I have to buy this, um, this lactate stuff. And when I used to go into the grocery store, I'd buy like, you know, I'd buy like a, you know, a one gallon box. It'd be 64 ounces. I'd, you know, and a couple weeks ago I, I went in, bought one, you know, picked up one of, you know, picked up one of the jugs or, or boxes or whatever. And, and I'm, I'm walking out. I'm like, man, I feel so, so much stronger, healthier. And, you know, this is awesome. I, my hand just feels huge and strong. And I look down at this thing and it has 54 ounces in it. This, or, or 50, I'm sorry, they, they have uh, 58 ounces in it. They took 12 ounces out of the box. So we're beginning to experience shrinkflation where you're getting sure. less product you know, for your money. Next slide. Commodity prices. I know this is kind of hard to see, but basically on the top left, you're, you're seeing like the price of corn is down. Below that is the price of cattle. The price of cattle is up and it's staying up. So that's why steak is so expensive. Coffee has come down, you know, on the bottom left. This, these are just some, these are some of the things that we, that we look at to try and figure out what's happening. Top right, you'll see soybeans. So soybeans, you know, goes into, you know, goes into, um, you know, into cattle feed and hog feed and that kind of thing. And if the price of soybeans is up, then it means that the, the price of, you know, the price of protein is going to be higher as well too. Next slide. Here you're going to see gold on the top left, silver on the top right. Um, and talking about gold and silver, like everywhere you go, every, the whole world is saying you need to buy gold and silver because the, you know, the, because the U.S. government's printing so much money. And you know what? I don't disagree with that. I mean, I personally, you know, buy silver all the time. And this is this is a bunch of peace dollars that I bought at some pawn shop someplace. Um, these things now are worth roughly twenty five dollars. And it used to be you had a $1 bill, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, you could walk into a bank with your $1, you know, silver certificate and they would hand you a silver dollar. Nowadays, you know, $1 doesn't hardly buy anything. And it takes 25 of those to buy one of these right now. Hmm. Next slide. Did you flip it? Oh, that's cocoa on, on the, on the top left. So your chocolate milk is going up. 
top right is the price of orange juice. I mean, these are things that are that are basically used in, in every household that's out there that has kids. So the price of this stuff is going up. Moms and dads are experiencing, you know, um, price increases on these things. You know, we obviously know the price of gas is up. That's on the, the, the middle left. On the middle right, you've got the price of cotton. That's up. That makes it, you know, the price of your clothes, you know, clothing is higher. Um, so we're, we're, you know, I think we're going to continue to see more problems and issues, you know, with inflation, un, you know, unless more of the population is dying off. And God knows with this new, you know, this new COVID thing that's coming out, um, who knows what's going to happen there. Good I think, I'm, I think, that's, I think that's all of the slides. How, where are we at right now? Oh, hold on. So this is, this is the, the federal reserve economic data. There's 400,000 more unemployed people versus February, 2022. So even though Biden says we've created 13 million jobs, I don't think so. I think what's happened is 13 million people went back to work um, that left their jobs before because of COVID. So Biden didn't, Biden didn't create anything. And if you do want to count numbers like that, if you actually look at the, at the job gains under Trump, they were the largest in the history of all the data ever recorded. How Next about slide. that? Mortgage rates. We just we just talked about this. That is a stunning jump. I mean, look at that in 2021. 3%, things are hanging out down there, and then all of a sudden we jump to 7%. You know, what's happening is, you know, a, a, a $400,000 house that used to have, you know, a monthly mortgage and, you know, you know, insurance costs and taxes, that kind of thing. A four hundred thousand dollar house used to cost like around, you know, it used to be like two hundred. It used to be like two thousand dollars, twenty one hundred dollars a month or so. Now that same twenty one hundred dollars a month is only going to buy a house that's worth around three hundred fifty thousand. So either prices of homes are going to come down. So if you think that the price of your house was, you know, was really high and you know, and you think you can sell it for what it was selling for a couple of years ago, that's just not going to happen. Um, prices are going to prices going to be adjusting. Next slide. Hey, there we are. I hope I didn't talk too fast. I tried to get through it because you guys have got a lot of guests, but you know, I guess no, now it's it's question time. It's important. No, yeah, so uh, we need to move on to our next guest, but you're going to see a lot more of David. Uh, there's his phone number, his email at U.S. Asset Management. And uh, David, thanks for coming on. We're going to have you back on a regular basis and talk markets. Awesome. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. All right, and we'll uh, talk to you more after the break. I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. So, Bill, David mentioned uh, coming COVID, uh, you know, crisis or whatever you want to call it. Everybody knows they're, they've got something they're cooking up and uh, it's going to be lockdowns and, you know, schools are masking up again. So something's coming today. They announced that uh, the emergency system will be tested in the U.S. So whether it's a pandemic or another virus or something, the globalists have cooked up for you. So how are you going to protect your family? We are partnering now with a company called The Wellness Company. And this is uh, with Dr. McCullough, Dr. Jim Thorpe and others, uh, Harvey Risch. And they have an emergency medical kit that includes a lot of medications that will take care of your family. And these are things that can take care of tick bites, COVID, bioweapons like the plague. This emergency medical kit by the wellness company, uh, you can get it if you go to, let me sure, make sure I get this right, twc.health forward slash CDM and use promo code CDM and you're going to get 10% off the package or the kit today. This has everything you will need. When I had a family member who uh, got COVID back in 2020, really bad, and they went to the pharmacy, there was a doctor that prescribed hydrochloroquine for lupus, and the, the pharmacy did not want to provide that prescription, or they didn't, they wanted to make sure it wasn't for COVID. So 
the pharmacies, the, the doctors, the medical system are all involved in this. So you need to be able to treat yourself. So go to twc.health forward slash CDM and use promo code CDM to get 10% off the wellness company emergency medical kit. So now I'm going to bring in Mike Doherty. Hey, Mike. Good morning, afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. So we've had you on several times and people may not know you, but there's a book you wrote called The Devil Inside the Beltway. Give us the elevator pitch of what happened to you and then let's go from there because you were early in fighting the administrative state. So I owned a, I've been in medicine for 40 years and a medical laboratory. One day we got a call from a guy that said he'd found 9,000 of our patients out in cyberspace. I did not believe him. He, he um, we did not buy his services. He insisted that we purchase. He turned us over to the government. The government investigated us as if we had violated the law and doubt kills in America when the government is, is, uh, is accusing you. Everyone assumes you're guilty. That's just the real world. Mm -hmm. uh, the media broke a few years into it that uh, what had happened, and uh, we, we closed in 14. Right when we had closed, uh, a whistleblower had come out and said, uh, my book is not only... And so, Whoops, sorry about that. Yeah, I know, I know what that was. So that's not my book cover, man. Um, <laughs> anyway, so but they can get the book Devil's Side of the Beltway, Amazon. <laughs> um, so the, the short version is: over the years, we have just you know had the rearview mirror of the administrative state, and we we learned that um, the FBI had weaponized this uh, cyber company that was calling people saying they had all these breaches everywhere. And they'd actually been um, given a tool to break into computers without leaving fingerprints. So the FBI has got tools to break into all citizens' computers that have any type of file sharing. Software. So just so our audience understands, the FBI gave hacking software to a cybersecurity company who hacked your company, put your patient's data on the web, and then said, hey, for a big check, we can make it all go away. Well, they didn't put them on the web, but they, but they, it, it was all a ruse. It never really happened, but, because, but uh, they went in and stole it, and they always had possession, and then they made up fake data. And well, the FBI took the fake data. The FTC took the fake data. They used the fake data in front of Congress. And the bigger picture is this, okay? I, I was one of 100 companies they did this to. Um, there's, we cracked the, the, the scheme. It took over a decade to crack the scheme. And when you crack the scheme of government incompetence covered with corruption, you get a, huh, because they control the laws, okay? We've had a century of building immunity, so no one's held accountable for criminal acts. Doesn't mean they're not criminal, but they're not held accountable for them. You have a media that won't report it. At, at a minimum, they won't report it because they don't wanna tick off their source of story and their source of power. The US government is the mothership. It is the center of the octopus and tentacles are from all over there. And tentacles can be congressional, judiciary, media, so that when the mothership screws up royally or and then later does something intentionally criminal, whether it's a buffoonery and incompetence combined with corruption to cover up their buffoonery and incompetence and criminal behavior at times, it doesn't matter what, they've got incredible power so that no one's held accountable. So you can look at what's going on in Fulton County right now and you can see them jump in the shark and jump in the rails and just put a pin in the calendar and watch who's held accountable. Because what we've moved from is, is judiciary due process to persecution through process. Um, I got ripped to shreds and lost my company. And then I got quote unquote vindicated. You know, eight years later, lost the company. Everyone lost everything, can't get back up. Media won't report it accurately. People have no attention span. There's no justice, and, and that's minuscule. And we just don't connect the dots on how- They, they charged you criminally too, right? No, they did not. Oh. No, they I was So never, what happened to you won in court? What was the-, the that's, well, they, that's persecution through process. They take you to court for a civil procedure and they drag you to, through court for three years. And it doesn't matter because no one pays any attention to anything. So you see, I mean, we, we, we pay attention like a tweet. So you see a story and you assume criminal, you assume did something bad, 
and then and that's what's in your head and you can't clean that up and and take that and spread it through 500,000 people and your customer base and people that you know you can't run around going you can't clean it up you cannot clean it up yeah. and so because right now i'm telling you this i really mean this the internet has done so many damaging things to our relationships and attention span and knowledge of the law and just how we relate to each other it's outrageous and and um we have we you know we have a lot of uneducated cowards in this country now so that just putting me i was on trial but it was a civil case it was an administrative law which no one knows anything about even the media even the reporters the legal reporters that sat in the room for two three weeks had no idea what was going on the bigger picture is the whole process punishes and punishes you there is no, the verdict doesn't matter innocent doesn't matter i got completely and utterly vindicated doesn't matter the house is burnt down they're not building it back that's it and when everyone else sees what they've done to you, they bow down like little lambs because they don't want it to happen to them. Is and this what's going on with Trump right now? This is what goes on. This is this is what's been going on for a century. This is wash, rinse, repeat. This has been going on since. This is why did they put head on spikes in the 16th century to punish the head on the spike? <laughs> no, the head on the spike is to get to the masses to make the masses compliant and docile. And a lot of reasons, circle and confuse, phobic fear, uh, just stay in, stay in line, stay in your place. So certainly all these things, what, they've, what the bars have done, the, the, you know, all the bar, bars in the United States right now have loosened up who can file bar complaints. These are all weaponized intimidation tactics. So you stay in your lane. You don't even get out of your box. And so this is all that effect, you know, so you really have to not even look at the accusation. They're, they're killing it at the root so that free speech, due process. Uh, I'm, I'm allowed to say something bad now. Uh, I better think twice because I might get fired or, or, or the Internet is forever or someone will cancel me. And I have anything that controls your survival, your availability to take care of your family, your food. All those controls, all those levers are being pulled really hard right now. But those levers have been starting to be built for a century, especially no accountability for anyone in the government. So you put together the JusticeSociety.com, which is at the tip of the spear of fighting a lot of this. What would you recommend to people who are sitting out there listening to you to try to save the republic, for lack of a better way to put it? Well, educate yourself and understand what the game really is. And then you participate um, I mean, there's a lot of ways that are powerful to participate that are not risky. And I mean, contribute to whoever. Um, call your congressman. I mean, you can't believe, I mean, all is not lost, folks. You can't believe the way Congress reacts when the phones ring routinely and know how to contact. I always tell people, know how to call your congressman. Don't be succinct, clear. Do not ramble on for 20 years. Say exactly what your point is and go and get a lot of other people to do those things. Those people are, everyone in the government is afraid of the public because they know when the public puts the dots together, there's way more public than there is these, you know, I don't know what to want to call them, these, these bureaucrats. I mean, you take bureaucrats plus Democrats plus Republicans, I mean, plus media, that's a lot of powerful center noose around the neck, but that's not as many people as the American public. So the, their job is to keep the American public circled, confused, and divided. And uh, so those are the things I would say you participate in to understand, first of all, and then participate. Bill, in your Bill you got any questions? So it's, it's very interesting. You know, later on in the show, we're going to talk about the, this notion of intimidation of folks, which I think is where you're, where you're going with a lot of this, right? That's right. And, and we're seeing that literally in the public eye in just in the last 24 hours. And so I think, if, one, if people pay attention and see it, they'll be sensitive to it. And two, they, they, to your point, they need to learn how to deal with this in effective ways, not just from emotional reaction, but there are effective ways to, to combat this. It has been going on for centuries. The lack of uh, accountability in the U.S. government started in 1914. This is not new. Not, what is new is that you're figuring it out. That's all that's new. 
this is over. And they that's just, opportunity to, to make some change, I think. But. Right. And that's the extreme. And, 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 and but the key, key thing is that you have to begin to see how this is impacting your family. This is impacting your children. This is impacting your neighbor. People have, I think the reason it's gotten so far is that people just can't connect how it impacts their day-to-day life. And that's always been a big political rule. It's like, when does the public get upset? Money, pocketbooks, when it, when they understand children, their home, home and yeah. children and job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, folks, they're way down the road. It's just the noose has been invisible, but it's there. Mike, thanks. We're going to have you back because we want to stay on this topic. Appreciate you coming on. Okay. Good talk to you. Take care. So before we move on to our next guest, another powerful uh, expose we have coming with Chris Gleason. I was introduced to uh, Mr. Glade Miller-Smith out in Nebraska, and I have been ordering his beef for some time now at familybeefbox.com. He will send you on a regular basis. You can subscribe for small, big, large amounts and on a subscription or one at a time, a box of Nebraska beef with no mRNA to feed your family that you can be comfortable. You're not putting bioweapons into your kids. So this is really important. Our food supply is really important. I'm going to show you this is his family. This is his family helping build the business and putting together the beef box. This is what they look like. This is the smaller version. But familyfarmbeefbox.com. Check it out and give Mr. Smith some business and support your family with good, healthy beef. A variety of cuts that you can make a lot of different meals with from, you know, brisket all the way through tenderloins to hamburger. And you can have family nights deciding what to cook tonight. And let's check out what's in the freezer because it's all delicious Nebraska non-mRNA beef. So check out familybeefbox.com. And now I'm going to bring in Chris Gleason. Mr. Gleason. Hi. How are you? Thank you for joining us again, Mr. Election Integrity. So what have you got for us today? Uh, We got some some great news. Uh, We have some hope. Um, my case, uh, we finally got our motion filed to set aside the, the bad judge, uh, the bad ruling that the judge, uh, issued in our case. And this should be pretty explosive. The, um, we have, uh, I, and I've been saying this for a while, right? That we have them cold. Well, you know, I've been a little impatient with my attorney and, and I've been hammering him and I'm like, we got to get this thing filed. We got to get this thing filed. And we've been working through um, that motion to set aside. And I think we're, we're, we're there because the, uh, in the time that's elapsed from when uh, I retained him and us getting this whole motion together, uh, a lot more facts have come out. And we're, we're in a really, really strong position now, especially in light of the things that uh, we've been able to uncover um, with the Justice Society um, and, uh, and the good people in Georgia and uh, the good people in Wisconsin. And this the, is a the, national effort. You're, oh, you're working yeah. with teams across the country. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we are. And so this week, you know, we've we've seen some really disturbing things in Georgia. Um, you know, we've seen uh, President Trump and all of his people uh, charged, and they're all out on bail for RICO. Wow, RICO's an interesting thing, right? RICO is supposed to be, or it was created for, um, the prosecuting of crimes and criminals and the infiltration of legitimate organizations by a criminal element, right? That's not what President Trump and his attorneys have done at all. In fact, um, I would wager, I, I, I would, I'm going to say that that is exactly what the left and these Democrats and these globalist deep staters have been up to. So as as all of these things have been progressing, right? We're uncovering more and more and more and more and more. And what we see is that there is um, scientifically provable 
evidence that we have gathered that the machines have been compromised in their entirety um, by bad actors, domestic and foreign. We are seeing that they're uh, this criminal enterprise. So with RICO, you have to have certain predicate acts, okay? Um, some of those predicate acts can be wire fraud. Well, that would be the breach of the voter systems, right? Mail fraud, that would be the vote by mail scheme, right? Um, then you have money laundering. And that brings us to Georgia. So when Alvin Bragg announced his investigation into Donald Trump over campaign finance violations, I dug a little, I dug a little bit into good old Alvin Bragg in his campaign. And it appeared to me, or what we found, was that Alvin Bragg was a large beneficiary of this Act Blue money laundering operation. And there were some, there were some things that we didn't quite have yet. And thanks to Alvin bringing our attention to this, we found it. And we found the connections between the various PACs, the various campaigns, and uh, the service providers that have been also beneficiaries of this. The largest beneficiary of this um, RICO enterprise is a law firm that everybody may know um, called Perkins Coy. Yeah, Perkins Coy, very large beneficiary. Typically in money laundering operations, law firms are involved and so aren't financial institutions. And so we've nailed uh, what we believe to be all of the mechanisms by which they're doing this. Now, they knew that they were caught because we got out, we got our, we got our friend Raphael Warnock um, in Georgia exposed. And so I didn't know anything about this Fannie Willis lady until last week. And so I started looking into old Fannie Willis and guess what? Fannie Willis, she started to get a lot of money in her campaign last year, 2022 and into 2023. And guess who also is a massive beneficiary of this money laundering RICO operation? Fannie Willis's campaign. So here we got these people who have actually been a part of this uh, massive election fraud RICO enterprise charging Donald Trump and his attorneys simply for the fact that they contested the fact that the machines were compromised, that there was mail fraud, that there was voter fraud, election fraud, and they're conducting lawfare against them. So uh, that's called projection. But, but yes. the, what, what I want to say is that you're talking about the act blue money laundering that is giving lots of small transactions to these people. And you trace the transactions, for instance, you know, I, I know you gave James O'Keefe a lot of the information where it would go to a door and All the information. Old, old lady would come up and say, yeah. did you know that you contributed 40,000 times in the last 30 days? And she'd be like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. And then, so they're using people's names to do large scale transactions electronically by AI or by something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all system generated. They have an uh, order for them to affect this massive money laundering operation at the scale that they are, they have to really leverage the technology and that's where, Act Blue and some of these other organizations who we've already identified and targeted and we're tracing. And so what we see with Act Blue today is they are just simply um, making slightly larger donations with less frequency, but and they're breaking them up amongst uh, people um, spread out. But you know, ultimately, we have some really great tech that we're able to catch them. And we understand um, we have some methodologies that they're not aware of. So and, you, when you say targeted, you mean just just to target them as an, an investigatory sense. And you have data on what you're talking about spirited away somewhere, correct? Oh, yes. We have yeah. data um, as very safe, uh, distributed amongst 
quite a few members of our team and everybody's aware of this. And we've just been sitting back and watching and laughing. So and I have one question if I can, Chris. So if are. I understand correctly, what you spotted this money flow going to, to Fannie and Fannie's campaign and so forth qualifies potentially, it appears that it would, would map on to current RICO statutes. Is that correct? That is correct. So essentially you have an organization that's, um, th that's potentially, you know, using some of these method methodologies and yet well, here they are really charging potential. Well, I'm trying, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to stay down the middle of the middle of the highway here a bit. So, but, but in effect, you've yeah. got an organization going after a president using RICO charges and gosh, there seem to be these other RICO charges that are for another organization that's maybe in the middle of some of this. Isn't that, doesn't that feel odd? Well, I mean, in, in psychology, you have a term, it's called projection. We know that the left is really good at that. Um, you know, it's part of uh, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals and it is uh, a book dedicated to Satan. And we all know what Satan came to do, came to steal, kill and destroy. And, you know, we know the game plan. We know what they're doing. And, you know, people uh, I can understand people in the media or, you know, uh, people in general. They don't like to uh, paint certainty. But where we're at today with our investigations um, and what we've identified and found, because of the law of large numbers, we become uh, absolutely and positively certain that things are going on. And in fact, um, you know, what we see is an absolute failure of many of these law enforcement organizations and regulatory bodies that have been criminally infiltrated by um, this RICO element to include the uh, Federal Elections Commission, to include the FBI, to include the IRS, to include, you know, yada, 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 yada. Hmm. And they've done a very, very good job of infiltrating our organization, our legitimate institutions. So, you know, where we're at today is we're, you know, just we've been documenting this for quite some time. Um, we have, I believe, evidence, uh, sufficient evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this stuff's going on. And we fully, I fully expect, based on a lot of the data and evidence that I've evaluated and seen, um, the data and evidence uh, presented to me by whistleblowers um, that we're going to see some really interesting stuff, in particular with the voting machines, like we saw um, in various states like Wisconsin, Florida, Maryland, Texas, Georgia. Um, we've got some really, really compelling stuff. The big problem ultimately becomes though, uh, that we have this infiltration within the justice system. So, you know, take my case, right? Um, the judge should have recused herself. She didn't. Why did she not recuse herself? A lot of judges aren't recusing themselves when they have conflicts. Why? Why is that happening? How can that happen? Well, if you have a massive criminal RICO enterprise that has deprived millions of Americans of their right to cast a ballot and have their ballots accurately counted, you've got a rogue government that is not restrained by the Constitution, is not worried about the rule of law, and they're operating without the consent of the governed. Now, I'm going to give you an interesting analogy, right? If somebody comes into your house and they're uh, attacking you and they're uh, forcing things upon you, okay, without your consent, all right, that's essentially rape. And that is what they're doing. They're raping America. They're raping our children's futures. They're saddling us all with debt. And 
they're grooming our kids and they're doing all sorts of terrible things. And it's up to us to stop it. Good point, Chris. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. We'll have you back very soon. Thanks. Take care. All right. Wow. So uh, let's talk about the fish fry, Bill. Okay. Uh, let me describe what this is. And then we have a couple of videos I really want to show people because they're very, they're important, very frankly, I believe. So yesterday in Perry, Georgia, the 8th District GOP uh, group held a uh, fish fry that was uh, advertised and promoted all across the state and uh, concurrent with it, they were going to have a state committee meeting. Um, speakers uh, included Brian Kemp for the event. Um, in the last 72 hours, the Georgia Record learned that a couple organizations had been um, excluded from attending the event for reasons that seemed bizarre. So for example, Voter GA had registered for the event and uh, about three days before the event was told, oh, here's your, we're, we're canceling your registration and your table reservation and your, um, your, you'll be receiving your, um, your money back. Well, as of Friday, and I believe through yesterday, they still hadn't received the money. But upon arrival, they were told by um, Chan Jones, his real name is Chandler, he goes by Chan Jones, who's chairman of the 8th GOP district, that they weren't welcome. And uh, concurrent with that, Georgians for Truth, one of the organizations that espouses um, paper ballots, pa paper hand marked ballots, I should say, for reasons that um, Garland keeps reminding me, we don't call them hand ballots, call them hand marked ballots. So um, they were also told they could not have a table. And upon arrival, they were told they couldn't wear their shirts because the police were told they couldn't. So Kemp, Kemp didn't want them to. Well, they, I'll, nobody I'll actually, picture for you. <laughs> nobody actually said that, um, at least not publicly. But yeah. Kemp was caught on video saying something that I bet he is going to wish he did not have video for. And I would like to show that now. In the background, you're going to see Marty, um, Brian Kemp's wife. And you will notice that she is trying to grab his shoulder because she notices that this gentleman is uh, that's that produced this video is actually taping the conversation. So here we go. What did you just say? If you give anybody a vote, you can make them happy. Wow. But I'm a Republican, sir. Good. And I hope that you will stand on the side of truth. I am saying on the side of truth. And winning elections. That's what matters. Grady County boy here, Field Cersei. Hey, great. Good to see you. How you doing? Thanks for videoing. Yeah. We want to keep it on the record. That's good. We need transparency in our elections. We, we, got we don't have transparency now. volunteer to be a poll worker. We got a secret box. It's a secret box. No, it is worth it. I assure you it is. So if you were listening to that, he said, if you give someone a machine, they can they can hack it. Betty's not going to like that. And if you if you look at that video, by the way, we want to give credit to uh, Carolyn Ryan for uh, posting that on Twitter and uh, collecting it from the people that uh, videotaped it at the event. But I bet uh, I bet that one's not going to go well. That's going to leave a mark. It's um, not going to age well. Yeah, I, I see. I see campaign commercials coming. You bet. So there's one. The other thing is, this is keep in mind, this was a, a meeting, a promotional event held by the GOP. The GOP, the conservatives who stand for things like supporting our Constitution, supporting conservative rights, things like the First Amendment. And before getting on the show today, I did look up and there are there are Supreme Court findings that equate what you wear with your ability to have free speech. So yep. I want to play one more thing. And at the end of this, you're going to get to see the gentleman that told voter GA and um, uh, the others that, you know, they weren't welcome to talk their uh, talk, their talk at this event. So uh, let me play this. I was told that you're not supposed to wear those Why? Say again. 
that you can come in here with, but you need to turn the t-shirt. What's wrong with our t-shirt? I can get someone else. I'm just I'd love to speak. I'd like to talk to them. Yeah. I can't let you. What, what's the reason why we can't be here? You don't need to ask me. We'll That's wait. why I got we'll somebody wait. else. We'll, we'll wait. Talk to wait. We're not a problem. Would you like the other gentleman to come here too? Yes. What's the problem? She said we couldn't come in, so. Oh, we're not. We're not going to wear the shirts here. We're not going to have a protest. It's not a protest. We're here to eat fish. I'm not arguing. If you'll let me speak. Go ahead. Okay. If you have paid, we should refund. If you haven't paid, you, feel, you can feel free to change and come back to get And that's where we're at. Is this a public an event? No, it's private event. Oh, it's, 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 it's advertised on the state we website, public event. It's not a private party. It's a Republican event. So what's the problem with our shirt? Yeah, I'm not it's sure. not a turn, turn around. What's, you, what's on your shirt? What is that? I mean, it's not a vulgar. It says Jordan's for Truth on the shirt. I don't want Okay, you get the picture. So let me say something, Bill, for you. Please. People in Georgia need to, I mean, who are these people? Who do they think they are? I mean, if you're part of that crowd, you need to really look in the mirror. You are committing fraud against this country, against the Constitution, against your fellow Georgians. These ladies in the, at the table, I mean, resign if they're going to make you do that. Don't put up with this crap. This is criminal behavior. And this is, at the very least, it's deceitful and unethical. So don't go to church and say you're such a Christian when you're acting like this. Anyway, I'll, I'll be and quiet. No, no, that's fine. You're right on target. That we've seen this behavior before in the history of the United States and the world, haven't we? When yeah. when people when people believe that their allegiance to their the person they report to is greater than their allegiance to justice and the Constitution and the rule of law, this is what you begin to see, in my opinion. Uh, what what about the, you know, the the Southern women who you know supposedly has such a great reputation? Make your men do the right thing, and vice versa. That's right. I, I mean, did hear one story of someone that I believe was working there who heard someone in midst of being turned away or potentially arrested for wearing the wrong thing, finally stood up and turned to the the uh, gentleman that was threatening them and said, "This isn't right. You can't do this." And so I think to your point people's conscience will will in some cases make them stand up and say, you know what, I'm not part of this. But that's what's going to happen. Um, we, we cannot, and folks in Georgia cannot allow folks to simply say, oh, well, it was my boss that told me this, so, you know, that's not my, not my responsibility. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. There, there's taking orders, you know, following orders is not an excuse. You need to unplug yourself from this criminal behavior before you're too sucked into it so much that you're charged down the that's road. Right. So what so else we Bill? see this, uh, that that's it. I mean, I think we're going to see more comments on this as we go forward. Um, you know, this is not going to go away anytime soon folks. A lot of folks saw this. A lot of folks are seeing it. And this is an example of what, what needs to stop and people um, whether they're part of the organizations or whatnot, have to be part of making it stop. So we'll have more, I think, on this on our, our Wednesday show. Um, and then just one comment to what we uh, began to, uh, speaking about in terms of uh, uh, medical things earlier in the show. Uh, we expect to have on additional folks that are expert in what's uh, medically and uh, biologically happened in the U.S. over the last couple of years. And uh, we want folks to get this on their radar because of um, the potential for additional measures that, very frankly, again, go against the U.S. Constitution and against people's rights. And we want to get, get in front of that, as we should. And we're trying to help people protect their families. That's why we talked about FamilyFarmBeefBox.com, the wellness company uh, with their emergency medical kit. Use promo code CDM. Also, if you go to ltodwood.com one last time and order my novels, there's a group set. We'll throw in the Lost Bastards Korean nonfiction book as well as we prepare to re-release all these books. So, Bill, with that, thank you. Uh, we're going to have a packed show Wednesday. We've already got people calling to get on the show. So uh, we may have to go three days a week, Bill. Holy smokes. Change the <laughs> schedule. All right. we'll, have to buy, we'll have to buy more tape. That's true. <laughs> Take care. Thanks. Bye.